Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behavior, sleep and more. There's nothing quite as terrifying as a choking child. While you can definitely equip yourself with the knowledge of what to do if they choke, the best action is probably preventative. Sarah Hunstead is a former paediatric nurse and director of CPR Kids. She has seen what children are most likely to choke on. Hi, Sarah. How are you? I'm very well. Are children most likely to choke on food? Is that the most common thing? Well, it's basically anything that they want to put in their mouths, which is everything, including food. So yes, food is a very, very common item for kids to choke on. And does that mean that the prime age for choking is that developmental stage where they start putting things in their mouths? Well, you know what? When I first started nursing, that's exactly what I thought. It's those kids who are just exploring their world, which is completely developmentally normal. However, I have seen quite a few teenagers who just shovel things in their mouth because they're busy going to go and do stuff. So yes, the younger ones are the prime age for it, but don't discount the older kids either. Okay. Fabulous. We can't ever relax. Um, So in terms of being preventative about this, obviously we can't completely safeguard our children short of wrapping them in bubble wrap and chucking them in a cellar somewhere tempting as that may be, uh, what, are the, what are the most logical steps to make it a, a safer environment? So even though, yes, you may want to put your child in a cage, and I do completely understand that, it's not really recommended. <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to prevention, what we want to do is we want to cut up, sit down, and supervise. So this is the CPR kids mantra when it comes to choking. So we want to cut up their food into appropriate size pieces. Now, that doesn't mean that you're going to puree your five-year-old's food until, you know, they're 21 or whatever. You can't do that. So what you want to do is have a think about the shape of things. So a good example of that is grapes. So they're a lovely, small, pre-packaged food that comes from nature, but it's the perfect size, the perfect, you know, spherical shape to lodge in a child's airway. So when it comes to things like that, cherry tomatoes, those oversized blueberries that you seem to get at the supermarket these days. (laughs) They're big blueberries. They are. They weren't like that when I was a kid. That's for sure. Absolutely not. What about um, Easter eggs? Well, that's a very interesting one. You know those little tiny Easter eggs that are the solid chocolate? Yeah. Perfect size for a kid's it's airway. It's like the same size as a grape, only yeah, not soft. it is. And I feel like the biggest party pooper saying this, you know, because, I mean, who doesn't love a chalky Easter egg? But when you've got little ones... Get the bigger egg. The big hollow ones. The hollow ones, yeah. yeah. Just let them get messy, let them eat that, because those little, you know, those little tiny ones are the perfect size to lodge there. So we need to think about cutting things up. So you're great. Cut them into quarters. You don't want to just cut them in half because they're still that lovely That's round what shape. I was thinking the yeah. half wouldn't really help. No, would it? no, it wouldn't. So cut them into quarters. If you're like me, well, I don't know. 
maybe it just makes me a bad mother, <laughs> but I don't have time to sit down and cut 20 grapes into quarters. I used to just squish them and give them to my children. Like, it's a bit gross, but hey, they're just going to chew them up anyway. Yeah, right. You know, they can do that. Interesting. Yeah. You know. Life hacks from a CPR woman. Yeah, my poor deprived children having to eat squished grapes. They probably think that's just how grapes come. Absolutely. But the other big one that we can't possibly not talk about is sausages. Now, ah. I didn't think about this until I had kids. And when I wrote my book, Life a Finger, Pee Up a Nose, Pee's Up Noses. Yeah. Yeah, they're another problem as well if they're my inhaled. Nep- my nephew did that. Really? Only, only a couple of weeks ago. I didn't realise. Oh. I only just found out. I said, no way. He's five. Up his nose. Had to go to emergency. Oh, there you go. To get it out. I know. It's a common thing. But anyway, back to the sausages. When I wrote the book, I had a chat to a couple of anaesthetists because they're the guys and girls that fish things out of kids' airways when they choke and swallow stuff that they shouldn't, all that kind of stuff. And I said, what do you want me to talk about in this book? What are the things that you see that we really want to talk about? And they said, of course, grapes, things like hard lollies, basically anything that can fit through an old school film canister or, you know, a toilet roll, that little cardboard bat in the middle. Yeah. Anything that can fit through there, a child can choke on, which is pretty much everything in your home. Yeah. But they said, don't forget about the sausages because kids love sausages and often we just slice them up into those perfect little circles. Those circles are a great shape just to lodge in your child's airway. Better cut them into batons, let your kid pick up the sausage, gnaw on it, rather than those perfect little circles. I would never have thought of sausages. No, either did I. When it comes to hard lollies, at what age is it okay for them to have them whilst seated? Well, it really depends on your child. So if your child is a cyclone where you have got no chance of having them sit down, because remember, that's the second preventative thing that we talk about at CPR Kids, so um, chopping up the food, sitting down while you eat, because running around with things in your mouth is a big problem. If your child is that cyclone that runs around, you can't get them to sit still and, you know, then you need to consider that. But if your child will happily sit there and, you know, suck on their lolly while they're reading their book or something like that, then, you know, it's the, it's just those things that you've got to use, your common sense and your, and your parental judgment. And what about chewing gum? Because my parents always used to say chewing gum, bubble gum. I was always taught it was a choking hazard. And so therefore you're only allowed to have it at a certain age, but I can't remember when I was allowed to have it. Um, Is it a exceptional choking hazard? Is it the same as hard lollies? Is it worse? Yeah, it is this, you know what, anything that is that shape that can be easily, you know, down we go. (laughs) That makes me feel sick. (laughs) I know, I know. But, you know, it is a risk and it's about thinking, are you going to give a piece of chewing gum or bubble gum to a three-year-old? No, you're not. Absolutely not. But when you've got that... dads are listening. Sorry, that's a bit of a generalisation. Still, dads, listen. Yeah, no, that's right. It's about thinking about your child and thinking, you know, are they going to sit down? Are they not going to inhale this? You know, and I feel like such a... Oh, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for here? A doomsdayer talking about all this stuff. But really, 
Is your three-year-old going to lead a deprived life if they don't have Chewy until they're a little bit older? No, they're not. They're going to be okay. They're going to be fine they're if you tell them fine. to sit down while they suck on their lolly. At yeah. least they're getting a lolly. Yeah, exactly. That's right. And you know what? At CPR Kids, we are always saying you can't wrap your kids up in cotton wool. You need to let them get out and explore the world and let them fall over. You just need to patch them up afterwards. But there are things that we know are not good to give kids, like the whole grapes when they're little, let's do some prevention. Is there any way of being preventative when it comes to non-food items? So we can cut up the things that they're going to eat, like the grapes and the sausages. We can be careful how we do that. But the other things that they put in their mouth, there was that awful story about that little boy who put one of those bouncy balls in his mouth and yes. choked. Yep. Um, they, that sounds seems more dangerous than food because there's no way that's going to come down, is it? No, absolutely. And you know what? Sometimes you just can't prevent that kind of stuff. You just can't. There are accidents that happen, and that's why they're called accidents. Certainly, that little boy who um, who did die after choking on the bouncy ball, at my children at that age, they absolutely had bouncy balls. You know, it's we can't prevent everything. We just can't. It's about knowing what to do in that emergency situation so you can help or you can do the best that you can and, you know, you know what I mean? It's yeah, just I do. That. It's hard. But the thing is, too, there's some common sense in there. If you've got a five-year-old who's obsessed with Lego and you've got a nine-month-old crawling around the floor, it's probably not a good idea at that age to have all those bits of Lego around. But there is one thing that every household should do, and that is making sure that button batteries out of reach because if a button battery is lodged in a child's trachea or their esophagus or their windpipe or their food pipe, it can burn through within a couple of hours. It causes horrific damage, let alone a choking risk. So keep them up and out of reach of the kids. We should just destroy all button batteries. I just think they're just evil. I know that some things need them, but they're honestly, they're so dangerous. The good thing is, is that the Australian government is looking at much tighter regulations for them as well, which is a good thing. All right. Well, that's that's a good thing to end on, I think, on a whole interview about choking. But before we go, of course, I mentioned when I um, started talking about this topic that you can learn what to do. You can equip yourself with the knowledge of what to do. If your child chokes, I'm not going to ask you to explain that on radio because I know you have lots of actions. Um, you've got videos on the website, though, that explains what to do if your child chokes. Yep, we certainly do. So what I encourage you to do is don't panic in that situation. So how do you know not to panic? By knowing what to do. So make sure that you do that class where you get to practice. Watch the videos so that if it does happen, you know what to do. Exactly. Okay, so we'll put the links to the CPR website on ours and we'll make sure we put a specific link to that video about what to do when a child is choking. Sarah, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. That's Sarah Hunstead. She's the director of CPR Kids and CPR Kids do first aid courses for parents in the flesh and they also have lots of instruction videos on their website. We'll pop a link up in the notes of this episode. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced by Elise Cooper and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. You can get in touch. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.